Welcome, you're listening to RadioVegas.rocks, and we have a very special dirty window slash greasy conversation presentation today. For the next two hours, Turbo Ted is going to be doing a dawless music hardware presentation. So I'm going to uh, point at him now to start the music going, greasyconversation.com for more details and the replay.
So you're listening to Radio Vegas Rocks. This is Turbo Ted. Look him up on Instagram. Easy to find. Also from DJ Dad Shirt. You might have seen it Rebar in Las Vegas. You're listening to Dirty Window Podcast and Greasy Conversation kind of at the same time. This is Waz.lol. I produce both of those. And I'm here reactivating Turbo Ted. And I just wanted to mention a couple sponsors. If you're looking for Viagra, you know what I'm talking about. Blue Pill for your wiener. 1-800-626-6538. That's 1-800-626-6538. Hit them up. They'll hook you up. We get a little money for the studio. RadioVegas.rocks. Looking to invest in gold. Here's a number for that. 1-800-430-7568. Rewind it if you want that gold. Moving on. Keto. Need some help doing some keto. 1-800-417-2119. Doing these quick. Need some legal help. 1-800-507-3114. You rewind these. You call these. You help Radio Vegas dot rocks out. It's great. Motor Mission in Las Vegas. Google them. Motor Mission. They'll fix your car. CBD Moments. Moments like a moment in time. Hit up CBD Moments. If you mention Radio Vegas dot rocks, they'll CBD you up. You'll get a discount. We'll get money. Sasquatch. Uh, soap Squatch. I'm sorry. Go to RadioVegas.rocks, click on the stuff about soap. You'll get that Squatch soap. You'll smell good. Ladies will like it. Zip Fizz. Buy Zip Fizz. Mention RadioVegas.rocks. They've been with us forever. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Turbo Ted, do you hear me? You ready to make some noise? Uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue always feeds us. 511 Tactical Clothes. If you want clothes that's normally for, like, cops and firefighters and stuff, you can buy regular folk versions. Affordable link at RadioVegas.rocks. Let's roll this music back in, start rolling it in, Ted, and I'm going to roll my mic back. Hit it. Stay tuned. Replay at RadioVegas.rocks. Replay at GreasyConversation.com. Thank you. 
Listening to Radio Vegas dot rocks. This is a combo podcast, Dirty Window, the new podcast presented by Greasy Conversation. We're combining our slots today to present Turbo Ted from DJ Dad Shirt. That's who you're hearing right now. 
and RadioVegas.rocks couldn't do it without Jesse Ray's Barbecue. When you come to Las Vegas, you got to get Jesse Ray's. We couldn't do it without Kicker Audio. Big shout out to Kicker. They put the speakers inside here and outside and all our headphones. Kicker Personal Audio, you might know them for car subs, but man, do they bring it up. Uh, they bring it to us and we couldn't do it sounding as good without them moments cbd go to vegas get your cbd from them you can get it uh googling it moments like a moment in time cbd gotta mention radiovegas.rocks though then we get hooked up did you know we have a sister station that we also uh, maintain our music licensing with radiovegas.rocks you might not know is special as far as online web radio station time goes because we actually pay the artists the royalties through BMI, ASCAP, and CSAC. Uh, that's handled also for high-quality rock. Look up high-quality rock, Google it. That's a sister station of us, too, that we also maintain, and it's got all that high-quality rock. It's uh, no harder to explain than that. Now, taxes. Get your taxes done and help RadioVegas.rocks at the same time. It's 1-800-918-7169. Rewind it. Get those taxes Recording is at greasyconversation.com for the playback. Uh, Renewal by Anderson. Google Renewal by Anderson for car fix-it-up time uh, restoration. Let's see. Soap. Get your soap. RadioVegas.rocks. Click on the link for Squatch your soap action at you. And 511 Tactical Clothing really strong pants that you can hike in and also look cool all right so throw us some love in those places to keep the lights on in the, our fabulous kicker cabin greasyconversation.com to see a video of this in action and ted how are you feeling over there are you ready to re-kick ready to kick that mule give me some winks and let's get some audio back from you oh that's right
That's right, Turbo Ted in the house. we 
RadioVegas.rocks This is Turbo Ted Go to GreasyConversation.com For the replay Quick shout out to Pinche's Tacos We couldn't do it without them Get your Pinche's Tacos when you're in Las Vegas If you go to RadioVegas.rocks right now We'd love if you clicked on some of our sponsors It helps us keep the lights paid And the bills lit up if you need some medical supplies, call 1-800-451-4785. Keto. Call this number to get your keto on. It's going to help you out. 1-800-417-2119. You mentioned RadioVegas.rocks to anybody. It's going to help us out. We couldn't do this without you all in the community. We need you. Droplets here for GreasyConversation.com to keep tuning in at this slot for Dirty Window a podcast by Brian Gibson and Tiffany Salerno. It's a new greasy conversation spinoff. 
and you're going to hear music that you haven't heard anywhere else. And I need your help to help get them started as a fresh podcast. Another new greasy podcast we have going is called Haunted Saloon. Tune into that Wednesdays at one o'clock. Greasyconversation.com for more info or that. Or to listen to past episodes, you can tune in podcasty style on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. All these will be there until they branch off as their own little families, but we're getting them started with Greasy so you know they're in the family. Turbo Ted, you ready to make some more noise? I'm ready to make some more noise. He's ready to make some more noise. Stick around. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
Listening to Radio Vegas dot rocks. This has been Turbo Ted live. Dawless all hardware, hardware music performance by Turbo Ted live on Radio Vegas dot rocks. You're listening to Greasy Conversation. You were just listening to the Dirty Window podcast. The Dirty Window podcast is a new spinoff from Greasy Conversation. And Turbo Ted, I'm going to have you sit right across from me. And This new podcast, as well as another new one called Haunted Saloon, are both available at RadioVegas.rocks at different time slots that you can find out at GreasyConversation.com. Okay, let me take a breath. I'm super excited. I'm having, like, the day of my year today with that music. And you can hear a playback of it. Again, GreasyConversation.com, spelled the way you expect, is we're going to find all these new podcasts and recording of this one it's a special double thing to get you guys aware of the dirty window podcast by brian gibson and tiffany salerno that's i'm an alien zine that's wax pig melting that's a bunch of local music and art heritage turbo ted is joining us now to do our segment uh that greasy conversation usually is we left you a little tail of the music in our uh trailing into our slot but what we usually do is react to dank news and extra bonus today. I even have an interview with uh, recycled propaganda himself, Gio. Isaac, that we Separate. will dig into later. So Greg's here. Uh, let's get started. And that's right. All right. It is Greasy Conversation. It is the new 
seamless combo with dirty window podcast and we're all here greg's here we've got turbo ted in the house he was just doing music with us say hi ted hello here we go we're dope doing it hell yeah check it out that was fucking dope <laughs> thank you Greg, had a great did, time, man. Did you get a chance to get the sweet, sweaty, deep news dives pulled up yet? Oh, With yeah. that computer I left you all crazy over there? Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah. Shout out to two clueless dudes for <laughs> buying this mic stand here. Mad Mike, a classic uh, co-host of the Rocking Comedy Show, the podcast that's the flagship of the station, RadioVegas.rocks, that started it all. Crazy Jay. Mad Mike here. Um, he co-hosts Two Clueless Dudes. Um, he's behind that computer and that computer and now this mic stand. Uh, he saves his pennies and throws us little bones. So big, one of the co-brothers of the studio I want to shout out. And I really want you to check out his show, which frankly is starting to kick mine's butt. But that's okay, because <laughs> I produce it too. It's another Greasy Conversation spinoff, Two Clueless Dudes. It's its own website. We spell it the right way. Check it out. <laughs> Download it. So, on that note, let's, uh, you know, hand it over to Greg. What's yeah, up, buddy? Time. So, Spinal Tap fans? <gasps> that's, me. Yeah. that's me. I'm a Spinal Tap fan. Yeah. Hell yeah, oh, yeah, me too. So, these uh, researchers are doing a study on Stonehenge. Uh, some acoustic studies to figure out, like, why it was built the way it is. And they determined that it was built to trap sound in and then keep people outside of Whoa. Stonehenge from hearing what's going on inside. So probably they are guessing for ancient rituals. But to do this, they had to build a mini Stonehenge. <laughs> oh, nice. 18 Does, inches tall, right? Yeah, eight, exactly. 18 inches tall. No, I don't know. I tried to find out and... Uh, so it was like one twelfth scale or something. Yeah, one to twelve scale. So I don't think it's the same. I was hoping though, but it looks. I mean, that looks like Stonehenge or uh, Spinal Taps. Stonehenge. It's at risk of getting crushed by a dwarf. Let me bring Constantly. that fella up. One that was when they actually had like sp sp uh, special security guards to keep all the dwarfs out. If you want to see this, you uh, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> You go to greasyconversation.com. There's links to all our news notes. You can actually uh, look at what we're looking at in real time. Yeah, and it's it's kind of cool. Like, they go into how they set it up and uh, how they tested it. So if you want some more detail, you can go to our news notes and check it out. But it's pretty dope. 3D printed all the uh, stones. And they had to test, like, a few different uh, layouts because apparently we don't know how it was, like, actually laid out. And they think there were a few different ways it was laid out or rearranged a few times over its its lifespan so in the book uh, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy they had that rock band what they're called disaster area or whatever it was it disaster, disaster zone disaster area favorite book yeah I and remember they that. played in a bunker that had like a 11 foot wall concrete <laughs> uh, you know 11 foot concrete walls and the best place to listen to the band was like on an orbiting moon or something like that i remember I the guy remember had that. a ship that was matte black and his name was matte black and all the controls in his ship would light up matte black on matte black to know when you'd <laughs> pressed one of them. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> so I'm, I'm just wondering if there's a connection between the, the disaster area band from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and the way they actually built that Stonehenge thing. I hope so. Yeah, slarty Bart fast. <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> do we count as nerds now? 
Oh, yeah, that's cred. 42 all day. <laughs> <laughs> this one goes to 11. Man, if you're not familiar with those series, I'm saying things that make no <laughs> sense. Oh, my gosh. Right. If the you're not, probability you, drive. Yeah. You should familiarize yourself. Yeah, if get you're, ready. If my, you're not. That is literally my favorite series of literature, period, is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series of books. Yeah, mo classic. mostly harmless, all that. You know, I, I saw this, uh, not Stonehenge, Spinal Tap. I saw Spinal Tap in the theaters, and it had a black album cover. You're saying Matt Black? The album cover was the black album. Oh, it wasn't the white nice. album. Oh, nice. Oh, that had to influence it, yeah. And, and, and I was a teenager. I saw that film, and I cried in the theater. Yeah? Nice. There's, that, there, there's the part where uh, Nigel's uh, remote uh, wireless guitar thing starts getting all the crosstalk from the air traffic control, and he <laughs> walks off the stage and quits the band. I cried in the um, theater. <laughs> I was a teenager, and, and I, was, I was devastated. Like not Spinal Tap. I love it. I love it? feeling the urge to perform on that like level of like I love this that much. I'm feeling when this. that movie came out because that was like really before mockumentaries. That was like one of the first mockumentaries, right? Yeah. So, like, they had they had spoofs and comedy films, yeah. but that that was a, it's all new thing. And there's like Fear of a Black Hat that came out later. That was like a, do you remember that one? I haven't seen that one. Doesn't ring a good film. Nice. I was just wondering, was it like immediately? Known as a joke? Yeah, it was obviously a okay. comedy. That would be crazy if it was like Blair Witch, where some people were like, is this real? Yeah, like, I wonder if there was even like a week where people were like, oh, yeah, I want Spinal, Cap, want spinal, spinal Tap touring. <laughs> when they tour? they uh, did tour. That's the, that's the funny thing. Oh, joke. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. Huh? And you're talking about spoofs. Remember War of the Worlds, the Orson Welles thing? I was studying that again this year. Was it 1938 or 39? Oh, wow. Orson Welles, the World of the Worlds. Do you guys know that one? That early. I want to say 39. 39? I don't know. Let's. I can find out, but you have to keep talking if I look it up. So they had this thing where they had a radio broadcast, and it was like a Saturday night thing on the radio. And there weren't that many radio stations, and it's an Orson Welles show, and they have like boring music, and then they cut away. Hi, we have a, a, an urgent alert that's coming to us from uh, somewhere in New Jersey. We believe there's there's some kind of strange uh, fire and accident, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll report back in, in a short moment. But we'll return uh, to the main studio in New York. Well, thank you, and returning to the normal musical programming. Da, 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 and they'd have like you know big band yeah. and they're like we're gonna go back out to uh, wherever New Jersey hi hi we're out in some field and there's some strange fire <laughs> we're reporting on it you know and they did that sort of thing <laughs> yeah and they come in and out it's freaky and, 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 and people were like you know panicking over yeah. it being uh, real so in 2013 it was 75 years ago so 38 the actual original thing was written in 1897 oh they wow. ripped it off from somebody huh well no Orson just it was released as a so this was 1938 when I got the radio record. broadcast happened nice. <laughs> but apparently the uh, 1897, the first publication of it by H.G. Wells was like serialized novel mm. fiction novel okay wow so Orson Welles, it's crazy to think of the span of time that he was unbelievably uh, influential in. Our dude Orson, holla. That would be, I, it's just strange to think like nothing like that could happen now. Could it? <laughs> a thing like that could happen now? What are you talking about? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I, fake I like feel a, like it literally currently happens. <laughs> yeah. Nothing fake ever happens in the All news. All you have to do is get... Something of like that, like faking a, uh, an alien invasion. I, I, I think you could, actually. In live in real time, though, it'd be tricky because people can double-check really epically crazy things. But you, if you had people, like, you know, working with, like, a series of tweets and stuff, backing you up, that's how they did the show. Like, we're going back to New Jersey, and there's a, there's a remote yeah, call-in. Yeah, news castings, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you if can you, have that. If if you you get, especially when you get information to, like, the main... Uh, providers and like say if you get 
both Fox and CNN to cover the same fake thing, you're covered. Right. Yeah, for a certain that, demo. Yeah, if you got that lined and up, yeah. And if you, you had a, if you had a badass AI doing enough deep fakes with enough accounts, where yeah. there's enough footage that, because an AI could create a scene that's rendered and then have a bunch of people posting, like say there's like a, a demonstration or a shooting or something, and AI has footage of that, and then it has like wobbly camera footage from nine different angles, and it all gets posted at the same time. Oh my God! Look at this! It's a horrible disaster! And then they go, like, "Oh, I saw that camera too, and I saw that." That was a different account, and you could you yeah. could trick people that way, and AI yeah. especially. The, that's seriously like you could see CG people, and if they're further away, running from an imaginary explosion, like that's easy, even easier to do than a close-up face. Right. That could not that I'm giving anyone ideas, but it'll uh, happen, man. AI is yeah. a deep fake. Like, yeah, deep fakes are gnarly. Like that shit's pretty scary honestly womp womp yeah. womp <laughs> alright so we found uh, scientists did not we Us no we table. it the human royal, beings we're part royal, of that we the royalist we <laughs> uh, found the oldest sperm sample trapped in amber 100 million year old money shot <laughs> Yeah, does it look cool? I have to look at this. I, I, I don't know. They don't really show it. Like, I, it doesn't really look like anything, the pictures they show. What the I heck? That's oh, strange it, looking. Is it just yeah. showing the animals that are, that are humping for this? Because it looks like, how would you describe this crab in a walnut shell kind of situation? Well, that's what they're like. They're apparently uh, some type of bivalve. So I think they're like related to like mollusks. From looking at that on the screen, if you, know, you ate that, you start hallucinating. <laughs> yeah, it looks like little segmented leg fuzzy finger fellas reaching out of this little clamshell thing, but also they're humping. Ooh. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they're getting it on. This is like a Rorschach test. I, I see like a, a yeah. space alien sky jellyfish thing with tentacles. Yeah, and then this weird corkscrew. That's weird. Like corkscrew mushroom time? Yeah, don't eat it. Oh, man, did you guys That's scroll down to where you see it's like the, it, you see it really naked? Oh you yeah, see these behind, like scans. Yeah, behind the the, what do you call it? Pistachio shell. That looks like a beanbag terrarium. Yeah. Wait, oh. is that such a thing? Like a terrarium that's in a beanbag, so when you sit on it, all the life gets all smashed <laughs> to conform to you. <laughs> you like shuffle around in front of the TV, and it just like wrecks their whole civilization in there. You guys have been in War of the Worlds. There we go, right? Beanbag to Ray. Hey, 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 what was the Dr. Seuss thing where, like, Horton hears a who or something? Where there's a, oh, the, yeah. There was, like, some whole uh, alien universe and, like, a speck of dust or something oh, like that. Man, that just gave me the willies. Yeah, for sure. That's how I get ASMR. Not from people whispering to me, but people saying these, like, epic um, perception of reality shaking statements. <laughs> ASMR is me good. Right. Now, now, that's a picture of two. Beanbags humping. Oh, yeah. Beanbags yeah. that have a weird plant growing out of them. Alien beanbags from survivors from War of the Worlds. <laughs> Holy cow. From the invasion. They made it. <laughs> That's from uh, Douglas Rushkoff's book. Or is that the right author? Oh, don't have me Can't double check. I know Robert Heinlein. I know. Who is it? What? I can't remember. I know like two authors. Michael Crichton. I don't know any authors' names. So, now you're all disappointed. Okay. Suspense. Oh, yeah, this thing, man. What Every time else? I see shit like this, I just, I can't wait. So, these dudes built, apparently, this giant prosthetic uh, exobionic mech suit that looks like a giant 
four-legged. It looks insane. We are having a strong video podcast for you audio people that were enjoying the music. This might be one to tune into the YouTube and buzz over to this because we're looking at crazy stuff today. Yeah, this is like anything that brings Holy us closer crap. to like robot battles and shit, like I'm all for. Fucking oh, sign me man. up. Dude, Robot Wars 1988, I think. I have never so quickly opened window in a separate tab as this thing. So for you audio folks preview, this thing is way more spider-like than I imagined. This guy is standing under the belly of the spider and there's these four legs reaching out that look like triangle pieces of amusement park ride. They look like the things that hold up a section of track for a roller coaster. And yet this thing is like standing on them. I bet it doesn't move quickly. <laughs> Yeah, I doubt it. I'm wondering, I'm trying to see how like tall it is. They say it weighs 9,000 pounds. The thing's like... It looks 20 feet tall. It looks like the, the skeleton of those weird humping beanbags we just saw. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it could be, yeah. It's the grafting before that we shrunk them. Yeah, it's about to make a little bit of a, a little bit of motion of it that you can see. It's like Evangelion, but better or worse. He's oh, showing they, they like show clips like, of... They show clips of like CGI robots in movies like... Yeah, almost. Wow, it moves way quicker than I expected. This run! Thing, run! The amount of, like, wiggle that it has to it, too. Is, he's hanging from, like, springs like in a trampoline. Gosh, this thing gets around. Oh, Holy that moves way cow. quicker than I thought, actually. Way quicker than I expected. This thing seriously tromps around. And the way it moves, too, it looks extremely real. Like, it's crazy to me how not fake it looks. And this huge robot's emerging from the fire in New Jersey. I'm, I'm terrified. I'm running. Oh, my God. Look, it's coming to get us. Ah! Okay, wait. That final angle, though, I have to point out, it's, it's like front legs go between its back legs as it walks. So in slow motion, it kind of looks like a like a funny, like it's going to drag its butt on the ground kind of dog, you know, where, the, where those little dogs where the butts really hang out. Cause they're all, yeah, it's a little butt scooter. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. It's like the new kids' toys now that, that defecate. Are you aware of those? No. You can buy these little kids' toys where they come with this like, little kit where you mix this sort of Play-Doh slime together, and then you put it inside the little robot thing, and then they, they poop, basically. How oh. You haven't seen these? You guys don't have kids, man. How they long have these has killer, that been a we, thing? We didn't get toys like this when we were kids. I'm kind of jealous. You can buy them as grown-ups, so and play with them yourself. Oh my gosh. So wait, I'm not jealous of that one. I wasn't like, oh man, I wish my toys pooped. <laughs> but how about that giant robot that's 20 feet tall? Does it poop? Not yet, it doesn't. Dude, this guy, when he gets mangled by a beam that just goes crossways, it poops out his two halves of his body. Ow. <laughs> fall out the butt part. That got gory in a sec, but like. That's that's what real well, talk, y'all. On the video, you, like they took this picture just to make it seem massive. Oh, yeah, it, it wasn't nearly that big. It looks like it's probably like nine, oh. ten feet tall. That's a good point. When you go yeah. to whoa, let's find that window. Excuse me. Oh. He is not. Oh, you're right. This is forced perspective. Yeah, yeah. He's blurry in the background. He's standing so far behind oh. it that he looks like he fits underneath. He is actually. It's probably a little bit shorter than twice as tall as him. So he's like, uh, you know, a kneecap to a waist above the ground when he's hanging from it. You know, I've been a Burning Man. That, that's nothing, man. I've seen way bigger than that. <laughs> this is no mech, though. The way it scoots around, the way it, like, 
shakes and moves around like it's got like a swagger. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's cool. like an exoskeleton, so it depends on your movements. You're like, it just amplifies your uh, movements. I want to see if someone can make a TikTok video of it doing idiotic dance moves. Ah, uh, yeah, I want to see it. Not yet. Dance like just a wait, man. Tesla X. That <laughs> kind of flops its doors. <laughs> those stupid TikTok dances people were doing a couple weeks or months ago. Remember those? I think There's it's like still a new one like always week. happening. Yeah. yeah. It seems like that fad passed. There's no way. Oh, nah. It's about to become illegal is all. Oh. That's all. Uh, TikTok. Oh, like that stops dancing, right? Yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> TikTok is like the, the Irish. Remember when they like had to dance from the waist down so oh, they would be seen in the windows? Oh, right. I might be butchering this. I'll holler in the chat if I don't remember messing that. up history. But yeah, TikTok is about to become shut down because our government hasn't allowed anyone to buy them yet. More recently, it was going to be Oracle that was going to buy TikTok, uh, their U.S. situation. So right now, TikTok is practically like illegal. I think you have to VPN it to TikTok in the United States. Maybe it's about to become because, uh, you know, I didn't manually check on that. This is just rumor. Yeah, I haven't seen articles about it but i haven't seen it like uh it's like that our own government wants exclusive rights to spy on us like you can't have another country spying on us boom exactly yeah. like we don't get the rights to that TikTok. like we get no problem into that facebook junk i bet you if it was subpoenaed subpoena subpoena <laughs> you playing the pink floyd song now I, I heard that you know that'd be funny if that's what that Money. chunk was from no that's just success sounds that's when we win. Oh. It's crazy to think that you haven't actually been on the talk show yet, Ted. Me? We've done so much musical stuff together. Quick plug, woz.lol. It's where I hype all my gear modding and maintenance. I maintain all the audio tech stuff and video tech stuff for this studio as well as Turbo Ted's gear. I keep Turbo Ted's gears all screwed together, and he's using a MIDI transposer that I made for him, and we have... The Manos Arcade, Manos, Arcade, like Spanish for hands. I'm gesturing like a size that's not even it. It's got arcade buttons, it's a synth, it's in progress, and it's a collaborative design that we're working on. And it was uh, earlier in this episode, in the center of the screen, you know. You can um, see pictures of it and a couple social media posts at manosarcade.com. That's M-A-N-O-S-A-R-C-A-D-E.com. Boom. That's right. That's the distant thunder of success. Ha! And while well, Greg's pulling up another article. It smells like rain, man. It's, it's like moist right now. It's that fire rain. It's that wet fire. That's what? a James Taylor song. <laughs> <laughs> wet fire. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. <laughs> and I've seen rain that was on fire also. <laughs> <laughs> so we have humping beanbags and uh, killer robots and fire on rain or rain on fire so hyped on this episode you know what is it already uh i was just thinking we should probably uh, john goodman time Ooh. pay some john goodman <laughs> play some john goodman's my doctor prescribed me viagra 
It wasn't covered by my insurance, so it was costing me like $65 a pill. That's expensive. Over 20 million guys like us use Viagra. Over a certain age, we just need it. I found a way to pay less than $3 a pill and get virtually the same effect of the $65 pill. I heard an ad just like this on the radio called and for $99, I got 40 generic versions of the $65 pill. Save yourself money and call right now and get over 40 pills for $99. There's no embarrassment here to use Viagra. If we're over 50, we need it, but not at high prices. Call now with your credit card and get the 40 pill special for just $99. 800-626-6538. 800-626-6538. That's 800-626-6538. In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-430-7568. 800-430-7568. That's 800-430-7568. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they were able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. Be sure to get your mix of music. Listen to us with the RadioVegas.rocks app available at the App Store. And check out our VIP card, interact with us in our chat room, and scheduling of our RadioVegas.rocks shows, plus podcasts. It's all available on RadioVegas.rocks app. Welcome back. You're listening to Greasy Conversation on RadioVegas.rocks. That's back right. Uh-oh. A second time. Oh. We have a lot of news with Venus uh, lately. Oh, I saw this. I saw this. They, they found some kind of a gaseous residue that indicates there is some kind of life form possible. Like possibility of life, yeah. Um, so that... You uh, know I've been screaming about this for a minute, y'all. Yeah. If you've been listening to Greasy Conversation for a second, uh, since like season one, I've been saying 
the whole reason why we're looking at colonizing Mars and not Venus is because people are surfaceists. People are anti-surface. You think you got to have a surface to live somewhere? People have lived on the sea for generations. Venus's atmosphere has layers of various densities that you could float in between like an ocean, like a water world. If we would get over this whole surface fixation, we got fuel, we got stuff we can make into air and water out of those layers of atmosphere on Venus. I've heard of like uh, theoretical cloud beings in Venus and, and you could be like a life form that's made of plasma and not necessarily carbon. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that could work. Damn right. Yeah, or there could be, I don't know, like floaty things and all kinds of shit that could develop. Humping beanbags, yeah, killer robots. Bean bag, like beanbags that hump in the air, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the air, floating around, humping away. Venus sounds lit as fuck, dude. <laughs> sure does. Venus, right? So yeah, maybe you got it. Because of this, so NASA uh, is now discussing the possibility of some exploration. Uh, to Venus, and also Russia has just flat out claimed Venus as their own. Nice. What could go wrong? Powerful Russia. Hey, you know what? If they clean it up, they keep uh, the trains running on time. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, like, it is an interesting question. Like, what? Ha- who gets to claim like planets? Like, no one gets to claim like heavenly bodies. And uh, I don't know. At some point, all the nations decided that everything is just international. Like, space is just international. Didn't Madonna claim someone's heavenly body tonight? In the song? <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you can name that song, holler in the chat. Post okay. two. You can? I'm showing my age. It's uh no no no. Listen, Ray of Light, that album, she might have been like in the in like the fifties pocket, but there's like a nip showing and this like sheer thing, and she's doing the splits. Ray of light, Madonna forever. <laughs> All right. So, life on Venus, what do you guys think? Uh, uh, it's a possibility, but I doubt... Holler in the chat about it? I mean, anything's not... Nothing's going to happen for, like, years, so... It's going to be a minute before we can really test things too much, but I'm really happy that we're waking up to some more probes on there because uh, there's a lot of, you know, floaty atmosphere time, and the surface, you know, is overrated. I'm I'm thoroughly convinced there's all kind of uh, electromagnetic beings, like I said, that aren't carbon-based that live, and, and maybe people call them angels or ghosts or spirits or whatever. But I think there's like you know a lot of flora and fauna, if you will, that are out there uh, without a physical uh, body, like we understand it, like we're stuck in. So I love this idea of electromagnetic beings because if you think about parts of the electromagnetic spectrum. They can mess with each other, and we only have the ability to detect one narrow sliver of it personally, and then with all of our instruments, we can only mess with little bands at a time. I was even seeing a spectrum analyzer that costs as much as a Nissan, um, and working with a 5G presentation for a major carrier that I'm doing as a video gig, woz.lol for high-tech stuff. So that's part of how earlier I was able to like kind of verify that 5G isn't dangerous. And in fact, the real d- danger is financial because the, the really slow, tiny waves get, go away quickly. So it's hard mm-hmm. to get them to travel far. But um, that's what I'm working with is a company that's making repeaters for this network thing. But anyway, the 5G 
um, thing, WOZ.LOL, high tech stuff. Forgot my initial point. <laughs> I dissolved into plug time. It happens. I honestly, happens. I just forgot what we were even talking about just now. Are we conspiracy theorists now that you said 5G? Yeah, totally. I'm going to get my career ruined for being on this show. <laughs> so get my conspiracy about 5G. I think this conspiracy is a real 5G conspiracy, and it's not covered by my NDA, so I can tell you it. Oh. I believe, and this is a, as a media professional, not as the other thing, because I'm actually doing cameras more assembly for that anyway. My conspiracy for 5G is, prepare, suspense. There are people that have perpetuated the myth of 5G being dangerous that actually work for network providers. Because by spreading fear of 5G, they have the opportunity to, as a public service, hype 5G. By talking about it being safe and by debunking that, there'd be no reason to debunk 5G uh, theories if there wasn't 5G theories and people were just okay with it. And they're just like, oh, whatever, it's another G, it's like 4G or whatever, it's no big deal. And people just don't get excited about buying a new cell phone or going with a provider with better 5G coverage because they haven't heard the hype that you get from debunking theories about something. So that's my theory. That actually makes a lot of sense to me. Right? I, I think I did actually see a recent study that looked at like trees and plants that were near uh, just any sort of cell phone tower, because like a 4G or 5G or 3G, it's a super high bandwidth signal. So I'm not necessarily terribly worried about it because it, it's really fast, but apparently because it's such a small bandwidth that it can do patterns inside of cells, whether they're plants or humans, and humans move around too fast. But I think that they did have a study fairly recently that showed that trees that are facing line of sight close distance to a 4G or whatever tower tend to get kind of cooked on one side. Well, um, especially for something like a tree and for how close trees can be to where the antennas are compared to how close people are allowed to be from them. Right. That's a factor. If you think about um, how crazy exponents are and how difficult it is to, to understand something that changes exponentially with distance, it's not something humans understand very well. But say you touch a stove, it'll burn you, right? But say you're like a centimeter away from it, you, you can tell it's warm, but you're not necessarily in danger. And you get a couple inches away, you might barely be able to tell it's warm. A few feet, can't tell at all. So you get like half a centimeter away, you, it's getting hot, but it's still not burning you. Half that, still not touching, might get burnt if you hang on there. But the moment you move that last quarter centimeter, it's like all the way super burny. Um, and the thing is with these antennas is, uh, they have regulations that depend on the distance from them. So they're off when people install them and when people service them. And they're not healthy like a foot away, although it's still like not that dramatic. But the amount of difference between being a foot away or a tree nearby or being like at ground level is exponentially different. Where like you wouldn't notice a stove on across the room necessarily. So I hope that makes you feel safer. But also these bands are like relatively chill too. So you're saying don't climb up the tower and lick it? No, not only that, but I can't confirm the tree thing. Oh. So I'm not even going to, like, totally say I necessarily believe that. But also, yes, lick that. the towers. Yeah. You wouldn't lick them when they're off because the plastic they're made <laughs> out of? Wow, chef's kiss to that. Delicious. It's tasty, Poly yeah. Polycarbonates, so good. Do you mm. have a sound effect for licking a cell tower? Yeah, it's totally, like, yeah. <laughs> that was Bravo. so good. I usually, I usually carry around the recorded one, but, you know. 
I was going to just hit a random one and oh, claim no. it's that. That's what I usually do. It's like, oh, yeah, this is licking this a is sound, sound effect now. All right, so... I found this bizarre one. Uh, this small town in uh, Australia, there's a hotel with a bar in it, and apparently they had to ban a pair of emus that are kind of like the resident emus that live around. And so these emus named Kevin and Carol, because of course, uh, got into this. They were kind of like just around and, and the neighborhood emus, but they got into the hotel and went up the stairs to the bar and started wreaking havoc by uh, eating everyone's food and chasing people around for their food and shit. Aw, uh, that's so emu. Yeah, so then they have to put like a guard, like a electric some, fence, man. Some type, some type of like door guard, and have people replace it like a dog guard, you know? Right. Ah. Uh. But there's this, just a few of the things these people are saying about these uh these emus. At the end, they're like, if they had control of their bowels, <laughs> the, the emus would be welcome inside. Yeah, they're a tad incontinent. Someone agreed. Oh my no, gosh! I, I've been and to they're Australia. ripping people's food out of their hands. Hey, these emus survived some fire. I'd give them some slack. But it's like a lot of. I can't believe they're not burnt down. Look at her hugging them. I could oh. talk on this topic for ages. I've I've been to Australia twice for a month each time. And nice. And, and I did go. I have a lot of Australia stories that fit this story. Oh man, the uh, I have looked an emu in the face in a wildlife preserve. It's fucking Australia they time. Are, okay. Get on you, mate. Too <laughs> easy for them to come out, no worries. But um, emus are probably the most foul creatures I have ever encountered. And I, I'm, a, I'm a big dude. I'm 6'1", no right? really? I'm 6'1". In this, in this wildlife preserve, they had them on the other side of this electric fence. And they come right up to you barking at you. And they're, they're, they're like the size of an ostrich. They're big. And they're mean. And, and, and they're, they bark, apparently? Well, they're, oh, they're, like, they're like birds are descended from dinosaurs. Sorry Wait, about your do that there. one more time. There we go. So yeah. they've, they've got their, like, their big, long neck like a swan or something, but it's, like, bigger than your forearm, and it's, like, all hollow. And they go, and this huge, like, blood-curdling roar comes out of them, and they open their mouth. It's horrible, these things. And they're mean, and they're aggressive. And Australia's full of these sort of things. So this wildlife preserve I was in, they had emus, and they're just very foul. They had, uh, what are the other ones they have? The ones that are, uh, uh, well, that they, I'll, I'll tell you, you told a snatching food story. You want to hear the snatching yeah, yeah. food story? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear all so the So I'm there stories. with my daughter, who was like two at the time. And you walk around this nature preserve, and they're like, well, there's the, uh, the kangaroo and wallaby enclosure. So you go to the kangaroo and wallaby enclosure, and you, know, you walk through it, and you can buy these little bags of food to feed them, which is kind of like breakfast cereal. And uh, so you know, we put our little money in the vending machine and got a little bag of what looked like you know, Purina kangaroo chow or whatever. <laughs> and, nice. And they tell you they take the male kangaroos and wallabies out of the herd because they're way too violent. And so, you know, we're walking through this enclosure and we're like, do you see any, I don't see any, I don't see any kangaroos, man. Like we got this bag of food. Where's the kangaroos? I don't see any wallabies or kangaroos. What the hell? And then all of a sudden you're like, the complete horizon is full of eyes staring at you from every direction. No. <laughs> and there's like wallabies and kangaroos and the moms and the joeys and the kids or whatever. And they're all like looking at you. And then they just slowly are like creeping at you like zombies, you know. And you're like, oh, good. We're going to oh, feed them. We're going to feed them. We're going to feed them. And so we're sitting there. And I got my little two-year-old daughter. And she's got a little terrifying. fistful of this like purina kangaroo chow, which looks like breakfast cereal. And you could see the, the kangaroos with their whole routine. They're coming up to you like, they're coming up to you like, don't scare the 
<laughs> you know. So so they come up to you real quick, and like my little daughter, she's two years old. She's got a little fist, a grubby little fist, to like you know, the, you know, food out. Yeah. And the kangaroo gets closer and closer and closer and closer and closer, and it's kind of reaching for like the hand of the food. And yeah. at the very last second, it gets all the way up to you. Snag! It grabs a bag and runs off. The whole bag. The whole bag. Yeah, they're like <laughs> they, they they fake for the hand. They know how this works, and they take the whole bag. And you're like, whoa, that was a bunch of money that's gone. Wow, nice. And what else did I see? I saw koalas. Real Co- quick, I had a, a cat that uh, would fake out as I'd go through the door. It would move around my legs in this pattern where I'd see it on one side of my legs and not realize it was escaping behind my legs through the door with its timing. It was so calculated. Okay. So, so in this koalas. Uh, wildlife preserve, they had koalas, <laughs> and they're really slow. They're like sloths, and they look so cute, uh, but they're really foul, and they're mean, and they smell bad, and they're just <laughs> they're kind of gross, you know? And you'd, you'd think they're so cute, you would not want to touch one. Ooh. And then they had a, an enclosure with wombats, and wombats are like furry bowling balls, basically. And they have oh. huge heads. And I just sat there and the, watching them in their enclosure where, where two of them were fighting. And they were just, like, charging at each other and headbutting each other like a bowling ball, like, oh. rolling up and down this hill. Like, violent is, is all <laughs> hell. I couldn't believe how horrible these things were. Australia is nuts, you know? Like, uh, I, I stayed in a place called Byron Bay, which is at northern New South Wales. And, and north of there, they tell you about Queensland. That's where that guy Steve Irwin died, you know. Mm. In, in, in the surf in Queensland, there's all these things that will kill you. So they have, like, 20-foot-long alligators in the surf. Those will kill you. They have 20-foot-long great white sharks that will kill you. They have man-of-war jellyfish, which have 10-meter-long tentacles. If they wrap around your leg, you have a nervous paralysis, and you drown. <laughs> the man-of-war freaks me out. I didn't report on that in elementary school. I'm still recovering. And then they have sea wasps, which swim underwater and whoa, sting whoa, whoa. you. Wait. Sea wasps. Sea wasps. Do you have a sound effect for that? <laughs> <laughs> I have to. Hold on. That's a sea wasp. Fear then come I no wise. So, so, so these things will sting you and you'll have paralysis and drown. <laughs> and uh, it's just like a, a, a tough place like that. And I have another funny story that I just told the other day. And, and I was staying at this little place near the beach in Byron Bay, which is a great place to visit. And one night I was out on the patio, and this cute little frog kind of hopped over to me. And I'm like, oh, hey, little frog. And it just kind of hopped over. Oh, cute little frog. And I put my hand out, and the thing, like, climbed in my hand and picked him up. And I was, like, having him in my hands. And he's walking along my hands, this cute little frog. And I'm like, what a cute little frog. And I set him down, and he hopped off, you know. Oh, no. And, and the next day I told one of the neighbors, hey, there's this cute little friendly frog out here that hopped up to me. What, what kind of frog is that? And he goes, what did it look like? Well, it was like this little frog. What, what, what did it look like? I'm like, well, it was like, you know. Little little frog with the uh, didn't have stripes on it, bright color on. Yeah, it was like yellow and green and black stripes. Did you touch it? Yeah, I held it, man. <laughs> what do you mean you held it in your hand? And I held it in my hand, like it was like walking across my hands. He's like, it could kill you. This little frog was like the size of like you know a, a quarter. So it just decided not to kill you. I, I wasn't a threat, so I just feel really lucky <laughs> oh, that I man. wasn't killed by this poisonous frog in Australia. I'm afraid to touch everything alive in Australia. Plants, right. animals, nothing, none of it. When I was in elementary school, I had a substitute teacher that told me. I told the whole class that there was this like uh, elementary school beach trip and this like kid thought it would be funny to drop this gross jellyfish fish on this sunbathing girl and he dropped it on her and she just didn't move or react or anything and it was a box jelly and she immediately died and Jesus. I was traumatized oh. forever. Fucking Whoa. Christ. Why would you tell that to like fourth graders as a substitute? I, I guess maybe it was like sixth or seventh grade. I don't know. I'm still... I was also in Byron Bay where they would have uh, swarms of these blue bottle jellyfish, which are pretty small, wash up on the shore. So oh. they'd have these high tides in Byron Bay and these little jellyfish, they maybe had like, you know, foot long tentacles, but they'd wash up on the shore. And I was there one day at the beach 
and the waves are coming up to everyone's like beach blankets and towels and stuff. And like I remember like vividly this this little girl that had like this blue bottle like wrap around her leg and it's stinging her and it hurts like a bee sting, you know, and she's crying for mommy, mommy, mommy. And nice. the parents are like, shut up, you know, and they're like not oh. noticing that the kid's got like jellyfish wrapped around its ankles. You Man, know? you got to be tough yeah. in Australia. I can't figure that out. It's a great place. Golly, it's safety first, though. Speaking of dangerous things in Australia. Oh, man, man again? There's, My shirt is there's gigantic. apparently a tree. No that, way. That stings uh, with a venom comparable to certain varieties of cone snails and spiders. Ouch. And that's supposed to be extremely painful. It's called the Gimpy Gimpy tree. <laughs> of course it is. What yeah, happens exactly. if you, like, smoke it? Is it all right? <laughs> apparently there's a few... Uh, varieties of this tree but yeah because of course there's a tree that injects a spider-like venom yeah. oh why tree why but the good thing they can also use this to maybe develop pain because any anything that like causes immense pain they try to like reverse engineer it to make painkillers from really yeah they do a lot of research on a uh, like powerful venoms to try to figure out like how it causes pain so they can those spikes sorry for us to dramatically oh, pause there but the microscopic view of the spikes on this thing yeah man are just horrific this segment's been brought to you by travel australia <laughs> <laughs> right those look like uh to like cactus spines but just like microscopic probably hurt like a bitch my fingertip itches that looks like the inside of my refrigerator. Oh. I'm a bachelor. Damn, now. mine too. Burn dog. it. Push it over. Shit, my pizza. Set on fire. That's what my pizza looks like, man. I think it's going bad. You guys, I pull that stuff out of there and eat it too quick. All my freezer looks like it was a bunch of brand new stuff in there for me gobbling it up. So there. A podcaster in Las Vegas has discovered the cure for every disease known to man with something frozen in his refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> You two should lick the walls of the inside <laughs> and see what happens. It's 5G, man. It's cool. Right? <laughs> 5G refrigerators. So wait, you want to you want a messed up 5G theory that I just came up with that I'm really proud of? So yes. <laughs> follow me here on this one. You know how radon is naturally occurring, radiation that might be in your home, mm. and they 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 like you know check for it before you buy a place or can build on a property or whatever. So. Uh, they found out that in places that there's very little naturally occurring radon, you actually have an increase of cancers because people's bodies aren't growing up with enough exposure to free radicals and having enough of this radiation from this radion, 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 ATI graphics card, <laughs> you know, brought to you by radion graphics technology. <laughs> Dude, stock and uh, ATI right now, they're killing it. Intel's barely keeping up. Insider tip. So, um, I'll take things that kill you in Australia for 25, please. <laughs> what was I saying? So, I, so the radon, okay. Uh, so the 5G makes you not have cancer because it toughens you up. Really? That's what I mean. Will it save you in Australia? Yeah, so if you have 5G in Australia, you're going to live to 110. No. <laughs> that's still like, every, I mean, if everything kills you in Australia, then 5G has to kill you only in Australia. Yeah. That's what it is. 
AMD, not ATI. You literally can't. You literally can't stock an ATI. AMD bought them like ten years ago. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. AMD, y'all. Okay. Same difference. Yeah, yeah Ryzen, you guys. That Ryzen situation. This guy's got Radeon. Uh, right here. Holla. Make make my AMD stock go up all. all I really like AMD's, AMD's first album. I thought was the best one. <laughs> You guys, Robinhood will give you, like, a free stock. Not that Robinhood sponsors. They should now. I just want you to get Robinhood so you can, like... One free stock? Yeah, just throw 20 bucks at an AMD stock just to raise my value, y'all. They give so you, like, <laughs> any stock, or is it... No, it's a raffle. Oh. It's, like, I got stock in, like, some random letters. It was probably a made-up company. I don't know. <laughs> it's, like, free, free penny stock. They're all made up. Yeah. <laughs> They're all made up. <laughs> yeah, like one of those Dungeons and Dragon die that has like a 26 sided die and you just roll it a bunch of times to get an acronym and then you invest in it? That would be seriously better odds than people that we've legit yeah. fucked with. Yeah. Or like practically anyone who says they know anything about investing. <laughs> oh my gosh, can we tell again the money on the table story? Where's the ka-ching sound? Right here. That All one's right. my, literally my first button. <laughs> money! So there's this guy. We were working with someone that was selling day trading software with a program, and this guy would call and be like, why aren't you trading here? Why aren't you trading here? Like, every place the market turned, he's like, you're just leaving money on the table. Why aren't you trading over here? And this, it turned right here. Why didn't you just get in here? And then it did this thing. Like, we didn't know it was going to do that thing. It didn't have the other signs. It's like, you're leaving money on the table. Yeah, just couldn't get, like, <laughs> couldn't wrap his head around it, like, looking at, like, how stocks moved after the fact. Yeah. Like, doesn't help you predict what they're going to do like of course you can look at something and be like oh i should have bought here and i should have sold here especially with how common a dog's leg is where it goes one way just as like a fake out it's like a festival of fake outs yeah it was a i'm seriously money on the table man i'm over in what is it intraday trading like i i just leave it somewhere for a minute now <laughs> no offense it's just I, i'd rather do i'd rather do media y'all Anything. media time Media, media. I'd rather do anything. I'd rather do anything than stare at charts again. Uh, so I got this good experiment. Apparently, because we have to know, researchers gave songbirds fentanyl. Of course. And it made them sing freeform jazz. Quote whoa. unquote. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm. I have to like conform. Yeah. Conform, so apparently, they did this like. Uh, experiment to see to try to establish like what the purpose of song like the bird songs were in the first place and apparently uh, they landed on that it's just that's like their good mood time so by doing some weird experiment by having them sing and then hop in a box and then like every time they sang after that they went in the same box because they remembered that it made them happy that's their that's their guess that's so then they did the experiment after giving them some dope <laughs> Yeah, the hardest. Uh, and those birds, they fucking love that shit. <laughs> and they started three pieces all <laughs> over the place, dude. Yeah, this all guy's right. playing upright bass. <laughs> yeah, stand-up bass. Yeah. Dark-ass fucking shades. <laughs> well, they're just like humans then, because it's an opiate, right? I mean, yeah, uh, totally. jazz yeah. musicians have played lots of music uh, influenced by heroin. Same with rock and roll. Jimi Hendrix, who's what? Died 50 years ago now. He yes. was all into heroin. Whoa, Killed him. That was a popular drug for a lot of people. So did the birds play guitar like Jimi Hendrix? Yeah, they like pecked at the same pentatonic scale. Yeah. Eight miles high. You should, hear, <laughs> you should hear their national anthem, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Shit fucking shreds. Oh, man. I just like, 
How do you get that funded? How do you get Gibbert's like, drugs funded? All, Where do you like, get this Gibbert's get drugs research? I want to work at this lab. <laughs> the researchers are like, I wonder if the researchers were like doing the research on themselves. I guarantee you. Like, fir first of all, like some dude thought of this and I thought it was a good, uh, good enough idea to pitch it to a colleague. And that person thought it was a good, good enough idea to like go up the next step and try to get funding. Someone wrote a grant paper. A few iterations um, of that, yeah. We gotta give birds like the hardest shit. Right. We gotta, like <laughs> the stuff we have the biggest epidemic of this. What does it do to birds? Right. Just send them to Australia, man. I know. All the stuff in Australia needs opiates. Right. Calm that is stuff it, is down. Is like Australia the only place where fentanyl won't kill you? <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, you have to give people like four times the dose there because they're all immune. Right. Australian crocodiles are playing jazz on fentanyl. <laughs> oh, man. With killer robots. Right. Just about like everything in Australia also injects you with fentanyl. Oh, <laughs> Enough so that you OD. Well, they'd have, they'd have better jazz music if that was true. Right. Yeah. Where's that Can Australian jazz? Can you name any Australian jazz music? Whoa. They had good new wave bands like NXS and Midnight Oil and oh, yeah. uh, Minute Work. You know, um, Ben Folds did a collaboration with the West Australian Orchestra, Wasso. It's sick. Check it out. Aus, aus, you know, opera, not, you know, orchest orchestral Ben Folds, but he's like singing on it. Is that, is that the one where he like makes up a song on the spot with the orchestra? Uh, I'm almost sure that happens in it at some point. I don't yeah. know why I don't remember. It's pretty legit. I, I get that one confused with the one where he also started doing like Omega Lee or some kind of chat random video chat thing at a show so like you could be doing like the you know the random ro chat roulette or something like that oh yeah yeah. and you randomly get video feeds but half the time it's someone wanking it yeah yeah. he did that on stage and these people would pop up and he'd cycle through a few and then imagine that you're sitting and you're cycling through that stuff and all of a sudden it's like a live arena audience and ben folds directing them to free, yell stuff yeah. at you pretty trippy <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a mind situation. That's a one of those. Yeah, I have yeah. a weird confession to make. Do it. All right. Today, earlier today, I was at home. For the very, very first time in my life, I shaved my armpits. How do you feel? Well, it was crazy because it's been really hot here in Las Vegas, right? And I was convinced I had horrific heat rash in my armpits, and I'd started developing these little dreadlocks. Cool. But they were pulling on my arms. Was, I thought I had this weird rash, and then I realized I had these like weird, weird clumps of hair that were growing together. So I'm like, I'm done with this. So what deodorant made that come together? It's like beeswax, dude. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just getting old, you know. I'm getting old, and, and my armpit hair is like getting dreads yeah. out. Those yeah, are I, for I, that? This is, it was. It was I, I thought it was the rash from the heat. It's been hot here in Las Vegas. Oh man, is there a blood test for armpit dreads? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> man. Do you I had MRI? Both, both armpits, man. <laughs> Can I get, like, a genetic test to see if I have that marker? That's how you know it's supposed to happen if it happens to both. That's why you have two armpits. Because if it happens right. to just once, you can, like, compare results uh, of the two. Yeah, and then that's that would, if, like, one's bad, you can just, like, hack that one off. Yeah. You still got one. And it was so dumb, I just thought I had heat rash in my armpits, you know? Because totally. it's, it's been hot here. We, we oh, just yeah. had we had, the, we had 61 days in a row of triple-digit temperatures. We just broke the record for days in a row with no measurable rain is what 151 days or something like that yeah and every oh, year we break the record for highest temperature here in the last like, everywhere 12 years yeah it's just like a constant it's an uncanny trend is that why i got my armpit dreads 
Yeah, it's it's because we gotta start moving like up into the atmosphere here. Here in Vegas, what are we doing all this on the surface? It's almost got, as hot as Venus, right? Yeah, there's all kinds of great atmosphere up there. We could live up there. What are we doing? It's money on the table. Well, I was wondering if like it's we're free real if, estate. If we're gonna send anything to Venus before Earth turns into Venus. Yeah. No. It's like a practice Venus right <laughs> above there. That's a practice Venus. Right? Totally. We, could, we could just wait until we turn Earth into Venus, and then we won't have to send. Uh, anything to Venus. Boom, handled. Yeah. All, the, all the animals from Australia will just send them there. Yeah. It's free real estate, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> free real estate. Free real estate. Oh, fuck. It's money on the table. So is it is it Bob Thornton hour? It is. Speaking of money on the table. Holla, Bob. Been trying to get rid of your stubborn belly fat, but it doesn't want to leave you? Or maybe you want to get that extra ripped look. Now you can reach your goals the keto way. Ketosis is the metabolic state where your body burns fat for energy. And the best way to turn your body into a fat-burning, weight-losing machine is with Advanced Keto Plus. And right now, for our radio listeners only, you can get two bottles free when you order two bottles. You get to try out keto at our best discount ever. Plus, call now and we will also send you a free 28-day meal plan keto ebook with your first order. Burn your stubborn belly fat and get ripped today the keto way. Call right now to order. Buy two bottles for only $49.99 each and get two bottles free. 800-417-2119. 800-417-2119. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or injured at work, you have rights, and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good, they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle, cycle accident or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-507-3114-800-507-3114-800-507-3114. That's 800-507-3114. Your new favorite internet radio station, RadioVegas.rocks. So, we're back. It's GreasyConversation.com. Man, don't you hate when people start everything with so? Like, so, so. Like, it's landing page. Here's my funnel. Click funnel. <laughs> Excuse me. Wow. Yeah, there's a rule on the show. If you have to burp, you have to aim it for, away from the mic and also, like, yell <laughs> and... Yell in pain. Ooh, just you, you're pointing. <laughs> Disqualified. If you had it that on call, you need to point it point at the echo lever so I get some oh, like. Oh, okay, next time. Yeah, so <laughs> it's one or the other. My theory is that when you scream during a burp and it sounds like it's in pain, someone that would have been grossed out will then pity you, and you get more subs and likes. <laughs> so greasy conversation is the name of the show you're listening to. I just have a couple quick disclaimers. First of all. I know the saturation is pegged. It looks like candy for the eyes. I love saturation. Get used to it. Second of all, I know my shirt's too big. It's what happened. I didn't shrink it yet, so I'm going to look different levels of fat, but I promise I've actually lost weight recently. So there. On that, <laughs> disclaimer is over. 
I have for you guys a special uh, first ever. We're in our fifth season. We're still innovating and doing new things with the show. Hype it. Tell friends. Greasy conversation. Have them check out the new podcast by us, Dirty Window, with Brian Gibson and Tiffany Salerno. Also at greasyconversation.com. But right now, uh, the long-awaited interview with Recycled Propaganda, as I was saying, getting towards this is a first time that we've done really an interview or pre-recorded thing or uh, something like this segment. So bear with us. We're going to try it out. We're going to try to be like Neil deGrasse Tyson, his podcast that we think is so cool. By we, I mean me specifically. Sorry to lump you guys in. So I'm going to bring up this interview and show you guys a slideshow on the video feed of some pictures I took while I was there. And we'll stop it and chat at some point. So I'm rolling in. Oh, okay. A little prequel to this interview I just now remembered. I like cold open to this interview. So I started talking with him uh, with the question of how do you feel about the fact that a lot of your work, a lot of your artwork is sort of um, uh, anti-capitalist, yet you're selling things. And he immediately pointed out to me the answer I already had in my head is the fact that nothing is that black and white. You can be... Uh, against what capitalism has become and still be for capital and not think we should get rid of capital. You can be against certain isms and not say we don't need that thing. Yeah. Uh, we're still people and we still need commerce without making things over-commercialized. So that was his main point, is that when you're talking about um, things... Like he, he was even saying, okay, the origins of Amazon aren't evil, but what it's become is accidentally... It's becoming something that's hurting other business and needs to be looked at. That things get out of control and things need like a second look. But it doesn't mean that like small business and like uh, responsible commerce can't still be a thing. So it's just like question stuff. Don't take anything from him as a specific statement, one extreme or the other. Uh, just like give these things a second thought. And that's where he's starting to go as I just start rolling the recording to kind of soft, you know, bring it in. But yeah. all that it's got to these days is just... Um, Cold open, I'm starting it early. Crazy. I didn't bring my good recorder, I'll use my phone, it's got a good mic. No, that's fine. So, that's crazy because it's something that was on my mind, this whole idea of uh, how people want to say that, like, because this is bad, everything like that is bad, when right. really there can be gradients in, like, a level of something that's good. Yeah, and criticism of capitalism people are very confused and because I do a lot of stuff that questions globalism and capitalism people say well aren't you globalist because you ship around the world or capitalist because you sell stuff no those philosophies are fixated and pivoted around that sole function right I'm yeah. not saying that capital shouldn't exist but it shouldn't be the only thing that exists that's what capitalism is for sure that's what globalism is you know everything should be everywhere and uh, it just ruins all the uniqueness in small business and locally owned business. You know, a locally owned business employs exactly the same free market capitalist principles as Amazon. So the principles aren't the issue, it's the implementation. And when you dig deep, you realize that we're not really even in a capitalist society, it's a crony capitalist society. So the small people pay their way, but the big people don't because they have so much leverage over the government. That cronyism and that um, like control over it that doesn't let it be fair and fair play for smaller players. 
is such an important point. Well, and it's confusing to people because then, oh, we need regulation to make it fair, but then regulation isn't free market capitalism. So that's the sort of catch-22 that mm. pro-capitalists are caught in, you know? That regulation doesn't exist already. Are you mm. crazy? Like, it obviously does. We've gone down that rabbit hole. Uh-huh. So, yeah. What do you see as the solution besides awareness and people getting more involved? Yeah, I think awareness at the root level of where you spend your money actually mm-hmm. can be very powerful. So we can uh, start voting with our dollar and right. what we're doing. And th- the point that I want to make is we're so bad that let's just do anything and it's going to be better. And people are obsessed with let's find the perfect system. What's the, No, it's never going to exist. Let's just do better like with the environment. Well, you know, fracking's not going to solve the cars on the road. All right, but it's a start. You know, and it's some of the worst indir- in industries or the worst parts about. That's some a great point. Like chip away, make it better. It doesn't have to be this one solution we'll never get that solves right. everything. But that also does sound rationale for voting for Biden too. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Like the whole philosophy is get him in office and then we'll change his mind. Right. Because that's oh, how sure. the fucking works. Yeah. <laughs> It also bothers me how there's things like trickle-down economics that have been like proven false economically as like a untrue yeah. principle yet still get preached yeah. and decisions get made on it just because it sounds real. Well, I think the real, the gut reason that these big corporations exist is because of jobs, you know, they do mm-hmm. create jobs and that is a great political tool and like canvassing tool is job creation. So if you're coming into a town as Amazon and creating 10,000, 30,000 jobs, people see that and they're like, wow, they are making a difference. But the question you've got to ask yourself is, opposed to what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what what else could we be doing? And I think Amazon, by and large, came about because realtors were doing such a poor job online. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody's kind of caught up to that now. For instance, the, half the stuff you buy on Amazon go directly to the manufacturer, like stash for tea or whatever it is. You can buy it for the same price, probably cheaper, and it's free shipping, and Amazon don't take a big chunk. Mm. So it's just simple stuff like that. Sure, still use it if you can't get it anywhere else, but What's if you're buying a paper of- or a paintbrush or spray paint, go you know to another, directly to the manufacturer kind of. Yeah, so, so we're when, not abusing that middleman privilege of being... Right, a, but yeah. the middleman came there for a reason, because mm-hmm. you couldn't, that 10, 20 years ago, there wasn't anywhere online to do it. Oh. You couldn't buy 98% of stuff off the manufacturer directly. It's a balanced view. It's like you're saying that like its whole origin wasn't necessarily evil, but things get out of hand. Right. Yeah, and a lot of it's driven by consumer behavior, mm-hmm. and consumer behavior is driven by knowledge and understanding of issues. That's where I come in. So I don't, I don't have to like explain or give to you the best solution, but let's just suggest that this may be not the right way. And make people question. And yeah. when, when did this making people question with your art begin for you? Um, I think when you're, I was raised as an artist and my mom was an artist and my sister's an artist. Um, the idea of questioning and ambiguity is entrenched in what art even is and the definition of art. Um, And I think I take it to a social and political angle because of the time we live in is, you know, there's a lot of fucked up shit that's happening. Um, But I think that under sort of lying amazing thing about art is the interpretation and it can be viewed in multiple ways. And I think really 
that's what we're lacking these days too. Everything's too myopic or black and white and wrong and right. And the real answer to every political issue isn't this or that, you know. How, whoa, mics are too quiet. You guys, any thoughts so far? I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, and I actually right? know Isaac. He's a friend of mine. So totally. to go all the way back to the beginning, um, you know, talking about capitalism, it's really an issue of free enterprise. So Isaac has an art gallery, Recycled Propaganda, on South Main Street here in Las Vegas, and I've actually bought art there. I've actually sold a piece of art there. I've done shows there. I've played music there. And free enterprise means that Isaac has the right to create work out of thin air. He's an artist and sell it. And he makes his living that way. And, and I, I want to live in a society where that is encouraged and welcome. And, and you could say it's capitalist. He, he finds like discarded trash and then spray paints art on it and then sells it for a profit. So he is in, in, in theory a capitalist. So free enterprise yeah. is a great thing. So the distinction that a lot of people don't understand when they criticize capitalism as a whole and, and the distinction I always like to make is that there's capitalism and there's corporatism. And Isaac did talk nice about point. He does a huge use that distinction. Term, corporatism, yeah. So, yeah, and he, he speaks a lot. And he had a corporate spy, an artist called Corporate Spy, doing a, 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 a show. Excellent so, plug. That's going on. There's more than one thing at this exposition on Main Street in Charleston that you should check out. And they're super friendly just to come in and take a peek, even if you don't pick something up. There's, there's cheap stickers and prints. So it's easy to spend a couple bucks and help them out. And you can find them on social media. And if you're listening from anywhere in the world, they sell amazing stickers that have uh, great sort of political messages about the role of corporatism in society. But the point I was going to make is that capitalism, like if you're a small family and you have like a food truck or a small restaurant, you're buying rice and preparing it and selling it at a higher price, that's technically capitalism. And I would like to think that I would live in a society where a family could have a business preparing food and not be hated for being, you know, uh, horrible and evil. So the, the distinction then between capitalism and corporatism corporation is a government granted charter and license and and Isaac talked about how people push so much for regulations and when you create a regulated society what happens is that the heads of those corporations start becoming part of the rulemaking process and then they force out competitors and look at like what Monsanto's done with lobbying and with uh, oh, Congress yeah. people and the rules and all that sort of thing so you know there's a difference between say say like you make you know uh, a, a hit cell phone or a cool pair of jeans or some cool music, people will stand out in the rain to get that thing the day it comes out. And then corporatism is different. That's a company like Raytheon that makes weapons that kill people. No one's standing in line in the rain at sunrise to like donate money to Raytheon at the mall, you know. But Raytheon, yeah. you know, takes in billions and billions and billions of dollars in government contracts to kill and maim people. And then that's that's corporatism. That's a different thing. So ten times the spending of like any other nation's government on defense. Right, right. Like, who so, are we defending on if no one's spending it like we do? So I mean, you you know, a company like Apple, you can say all kinds of awful things about them, but they make you know, cell phones and laptops that, that we're all using and people like, you know, and, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm glad they do that. You know, like I was friend, just to pull in a, a, a Burning Man thing, I was a good friend with Larry Harvey and I spoke in an event in San Francisco with him and it was, you know, in San Francisco at the time, you know, corporations were seen as evil and there he goes, no, they're not. Do you want to mill the rubber for your own tires? <laughs> do you want to like make the own, make the motherboard for your laptop? Go ahead and solder the thing together. It's better to have some other organization have all of that effort and then you're empowered by having those tires available so you don't have to you know mold the freaking thing yourself in your backyard yeah. so you don't have to and and was of course would s solder together his own circuit boards for a laptop but i, I mean would, but you know what 90 percent of the time the stuff you see i built i bought modules online and soldered the modules together because i'm not about to do <laughs> surface mount i'm not about to do smd without a clean room or a microscope come on now so the smd i outsource that it's just like you're saying 
I'll use modules, uh, you know, design a PCB, shapeways, uh, that kind of thing, and have it come back and just do the DIP stuff. You know, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. It takes a, it takes a village. But uh, Isaac's, Isaac's body of work plays heavily on corporate uh, imagery and all that sort of thing. So we're looking at some of these images now. And uh, again, check out Recycled Propaganda on social media. They're very big on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I'll, I'll just say, I, that's a, one of my pictures. One of my, the skull there is my artwork. Oh, yeah? Nice. So I've, I've done some minor collaborations with Isaac. Yeah, this piece that's on the screen right now has got Ted involved also. It's his skull in the upper right. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I've seen some... Uh, what do you call it? Something's pasted on the wall. Some wheat I've paste. Wheat yeah. paste. Well, some sweet wheat paste stuff uh, uh, up on the you know the south part of the. I'm sorry, the north part of the strip, the downtown part of the strip. So hip arts district. Shout out, greasy conversation. And, and if I could do a plug, I do have a Please. show in the arts district on Friday, October second at Saturation Gallery. It's right by Recycled Propaganda in the world famous Arts Factory at Charleston near South Main. So October 2nd, I'm showing a new collection of works, including skulls, um, uh, collaborations with Justin Lepper and uh, Jem Jacks, who are there at the gallery. So I October 2nd. love Jem Jacks. October 2nd, Jem Jacks. She's been on this show, too. All you have to do is <laughs> use the search box <laughs> at the bottom of the website, greasyconversation.com, G-E-M. You'll find her episode. She's amazing. Um, and seriously, any more art district folk, hit me up. You get priority hype on this podcast. The arts district is like something that we grew from and something we want to hype bonus extra. So, uh, Greg, any thoughts before I move on with Isaac? No, because I'll just bitch about capitalism forever. <laughs> I think Ted, Ted covered it pretty well. So, Just so funny. I like that balance with Greg and I because, like, uh, in the end we both want a balance of socialism and capitalism like done right and not done like the mayhem that people have associated with both of those words that we talk with different friends that we both love and agree with like 90% of their opinions. They just lean one way or the other and it's turned them like radically having a bad taste in their mouth for one or the other. And I'm like, look, I worried about both, but I feel like I need a chunk of both. So well, I feel like part of the problem and my biggest issue with like any type of like political or like social discourse is like the language is so muddied by, yes. by the people who it benefits. Mm. So like that's why. When someone talks, you know, you, you want to criticize any aspect of capitalism. It's like, you know, you're criticizing the way the world works and the world is working great. You know, yeah. America is the richest country on the planet, even though all that money is like not going to everyone. <laughs> Which is so funny because like our like median income or like uh, what our middle class looks like is far from the best in the yeah, world. Yeah, well, like the median income in the U.S. I think is like 60 to 70 K a year. But we also have like a lot of billionaires that pull that yeah that's uh, the thing is you really can't, far you can't just take an average and i always mess this up with the mean median all that stuff but the way you average things can make it look like you've got this big old middle class when you don't you just have a mm -hmm. bunch of rich people swaying the numbers and making that gorgeous chubby gh ghb <laughs> you know <laughs> did what I you mean? invest in that stock <laughs> all day since the oh, beginning man, man. The gross the GDP situation looks all good, but like, what's with our underemployment? Just because unemployment's uh, like looking good, but then uh, the freaking 
level of people, uh, the, you know, their life level. Boy, terms are not with me on this. <laughs> fracking? Fra- you said fracking. Freaking? You know, uh, that's, yeah. Uh, Isaac even brings up fracking uh, in this interview. Let me go forward while I'm all jumbly. Here we go. Wow, it's so refreshing to hear in such a running theme in the Greasy Conversation show that this chunk is going to run in that uh, that people on either side of anything that has sides want to just make a thing black and white so they don't have to put the labor into uh, finding a real balance and finding and real well, peace and truth. Well, and to me, it's got even worse than that. It's not even about, all right, capital punishment, yes or no. Okay, immigration, yes or no. It's about you have to think these collection of ideas or you're ostracized from that group. That's another um, point, yeah. You can't even mix and match your own no, feelings. No, you can't even yeah. be like, yeah, I fucking love guns, but we're also killing the environment. You yeah! Know? <laughs> that's, a, that's a common one, too. I feel like so many people feel... Uh, not fitting into either one from that particular combo. Right, and I know a lot of liberal people that do like guns, and this mm. is America. They, you know, there is a different relationship than a lot of other like Western countries with guns. And likewise, but, I've heard a lot of uh, conservative voices on Radio Vegas Rocks that are really balanced, and they just feel more a certain way and want to reconcile that with other people that like likewise feel the opposite but we can come together and make uh, compromises that work with both of our feelings right or even further than that realizing that people's views are directly consequential of the experiences that they've had up to this point oh that's a major good point like you've had different experiences so you might be more conservative and you might be more liberal because you're different experiences why oh your parents or grandparents were immigrants Mm -hmm. the irony with the immigration one is so many people that virulently against it and one or two generations ago they were fucking immigrants <laughs> i know especially it, feel, it hurts my feelings in this country with the history of its success being based on immigration right it's yeah. literally like the hinge pin of what it was an example to the other nations before yeah <laughs> yeah and the founding principle of getting away from tyranny and doing what you like so. yeah and literally allowing everyone to make this greater together yeah Tyranny comes full circle, I guess. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent point. So, uh, tell us a little bit about how long this gallery is going to be going on here. So, w- we've been open about a year and a half, and the exhibition that's just recently opened is called Truth to Power, and it features stuff that's kind of surrounding social injustice, Black Lives Matter movement. And it's featuring uh, Laron MC. He's an artist based in Vegas. You should definitely go check his work out. He's got some beautiful uh, like portraiture, Afrocentric portraiture. Could you say paintings. his name again slower? Laron MC. Cool. Do you know how to spell that by chance? So Laron is L-A-R-O-N and then M-C-E-M-C-E-E. Oh, okay. Like MC. Like okay. he used to be a rapper. Perfect. <laughs> cool. I want to make sure I can go. And then that in the back is uh, Mowgli. He used to live in Vegas, and now he's based in uh, Baltimore. And his Instagram's Mowgli Art. Powerful Mowgli. That he's been uh, doing a series of Black Lives Matter murals around Baltimore and Washington D.C. Cool. So he's done like 10, 12 of these. This image, but huge awesome. out there. So we're trying to get him to come for the closing but we'll see cool yeah yeah i'm glad he's able to make an appearance for it so what do you see as the the future of this gallery yeah i think that you know in uncertain times 
people have been asking me how the gallery's doing and I say to them, you know, we're used to not making money, so <laughs> we're doing okay. <laughs> and it's like very cynical look, but it's kind of true. We used to, you know, low frequency, a few people in at a time. So from that aspect, there hasn't been, you know, people been put off coming here. Um, we've obviously stopped doing the events and the music stuff, so that's a shame, but that will start back again soon. Um, the future is really just doing more shows and being open and representing mm -hmm. the Vegas art community. I think now that the events have been taken away from us, there's more and more need to sort of pedestal the arts. Cause so, um, I don't know if that was too awkward of a place. Let me, hold on. There's less avenue to display them. And even me, when this first all happened, you know, probably 30% of my income is from events. Mm. So like Las Vegas were uh, so uh, involved in like needing events and art and like the avenues, the places where artists and creators and content creators can work in have been severely limited with the amount of events that we can't do in physical locations that we can't work in. Right after we just barely are getting our first historic tastes of being able to live and perform online and, and the streaming is so young and fresh uh, that a lot of people don't have access to it. A lot of people don't have anything already started outside of a physical location to reach people. So that's a serious thing. Also, quick shout out to Ange Kerfoot, who has a piece in the gallery too that I've got on screen right now. Her uh, piece is a mannequin in a Girl Scouts uniform, and there's all kinds of little details about it that might make you question how a gigantic, uh, extremely wealthy nonprofit might be getting involved or not in times uh, when they might be really important. And what, just give that some thought. What was the mannequin's name? Uh, Nancy. Nancy, that's right. Yeah, so you can see more from Nancy on Instagram if you look up Ange Kerfoot on there too. So any thoughts uh, also on what Isaac was talking about? Um, no, I mean... I generally agree with the dude. He's a smart dude. Isaac's my friend. He's brilliant. I, I want to comment on something you said, Waz, where you're talking about uh, events online and how it's new and all yes. of that. And, you know, I, I come from a pretty solid tech background that goes back, you know, quite some time, actually. And I remember in the early 90s, I was at a trade show called The Digital World uh, in Los Angeles. And I met a bunch of early uh, tech luminaries. And I was part of... Uh, the production team there and there was a bunch of interviews going on and, and one of the older people they asked them about the idea of you know live streams and you know i i played earlier on this podcast or i live streamed as a musician here but uh, in the early 90s you know there was an elder there that i learned a lot from and he was saying that uh, they asked him you know how important these live streams would be for musicians like you know people like herbie hancock that embrace technology and then this mm -hmm. this this older gentleman who is uh, from india says uh well they're no good and they're all, well, why? And he says, there's no prana. And prana is this Hindu concept of energy or breath or air or spirit. And you can call it whatever you want, like an aura or whatever. So, you know, uh, Waz, you and I have played shows here in Las Vegas to a live audience. When you play to a live audience, there's this amazing amount of energy in the room. And you're feeling their energy. You're seeing their faces. You're seeing them dancing. You're seeing them walk out of the room if you're, you know, flopping on your face or whatever. Like, there's this sort of accountability to an audience when you're doing a live performance. I mean, when, when music with no audience is called rehearsal. It's not a show, you know. So, 
So when you have an audience, there's particles that are flying through the air that we're all sharing, that are all part of all of our bodies, and there's all this tremendous amount of energy, and that stuff does not go over the phone. You know, and so, you know, no. I, was, I was here playing this show earlier, and I, I brought my full subwoofer and, and sound stack and PA and stuff when I was playing full volume here earlier on the show, and I was feeling it, but, like, you know, this magic doesn't come over the phone. Can you I give you a thought on that, though? Sure, please, please. On one hand, though, lots of stuff doesn't go through the phone because the bandwidth of phones so narrow. That's you know part of why, like, the all the the Zoom talk when people don't have the audio level very high. Um, it's already a bummer hearing like super compressed audio, and at least we've got like a higher bit rate, and the the music's coming through in a way that it just can't unless your system's going to bump it. There's no way to avoid some compression, but all that's technical. I feel like what you're talking about with the human presences in the event, uh, I feel like we're also being a little black and white here because while nothing can be like being in an arena um, with a band and like thousands of people, uh, there's something special that happens in like a basement session when you can get even a handful like there's there's stand up comedians for example that play theaters to say 2 to 3000 that love the special thing that can happen when they play at a venue that's like 3 or f- 3 to 500 and you shrink it down like that and while it's there for less people they can kind of personalize more and have more intimacy with them and i feel like you get a smaller crowd like that and then throw some cameras in and you might get a little bit of a sweet spot even the difference between cameras, lonely person, and cameras and like half a dozen friends, I think adds a little bit more of that piranha, some more of that piranha, some more of that prawn, <laughs> some more of that gumbo. And so if you really want to turn up the gumbo, um, if we can do some small streams with some, uh, with some small groups, maybe that's like a nice uh, medium future where uh, uh, something Joe Rogan mentioned is while being live at a stand-up show there's nothing like it um that's going to get 100 percent of that if you do a special right you might get 60 to 70 percent of that energy and that 60 to 70 percent although it's not ideal um it's also uh lasting in a way that being there in person is unideal because it only exists in that moment it's completely hindered by the fourth dimension where something is timeless and immortal if you can at least save that 60 to 70 percent with a dope stream <laughs> i don't mean to show up on your podcast dissing podcast no no, no. no this no. is a, a really important thing that i want people to bring up so that i can debunk it it's like that 5g uh danger hype i want to talk about how important and how vital streaming and recording and uh the new journaling and the new media situation can be in the wake of all this so we don't uh just wallow over what it can't do as well and embrace the recorded the dawn of the recording age that we're in a new version of it's uh people had all these same thoughts and discussions when music could finally be recorded and played back on the radio not live in the early days of broadcasting to be able to record something was a luxury. We were able to communicate across the nation before we were able to really save much of it. Yeah. So <laughs> a, a great story like that. Uh, you know, I've been really influenced by the work of the late Miles Davis, and I've never had the chance to see him. So the only way I can experience Miles Davis is through the recordings or, you know, things like I saw this YouTube interview he did <gasps> in the 80s toward the end of his life. And the television presenters asking him, you know, Miles, you did this incredible landmark album in the late 50s during the bebop era. It's called such and such. And what are your thoughts on that album? And Miles is like, it's horrible. <laughs> well, what do, what do you mean, Miles? <laughs> He's like, you weren't there. 
Well, well but, but, but this album's super important. It sold millions of copies. It changed the world. It's an important part of jazz. He's like, it's all just to get you to come to the show. You know, so <laughs> Miles knew that there was this incredible magic of being there in the moment. But now that he's gone, that's the only way you can experience him. It's a crazy thought, and it really aggravates me because... It, the same person that says, oh, you should have come to a show. It's all about coming to the show is the same person that uh, uh, died before I was born. And I never heard of them. Right. Or um, they're, they're, they've got a couple epic pieces and like I long like you're leaving all kinds of people that are also valuable that you haven't met yet in the dark on some real juice, you know. There is an intense emotional power still to being a person. You know, this is the yeah, first. But just because you lose a certain percentage of that recorded doesn't mean that I don't record, can't encourage right. everyone to record your bullshit. Take uh, take some journaling of it because even if it's as you get old and nostalgic, you're going to want to have help remembering it. Memory is impermanent. And in fact, we see the past through rose colored glasses. It's an undeniable psychological principle that when you look back on the past, you see it happier, better than it actually was when you made those memories. And that's just cheating on these performances that you should see the growth and the rough edges and think it was so much better live because you think everything in the past is better. This is what really happened. Sometimes better isn't real. Sometimes it's worth having that recording of the real freaking thing, the real crime that went down uh, for the <laughs> art, you know? the real crime scene of this art. So that's why I get journalistically passionate about it. <laughs> I thought you made a great point earlier that, you know, maybe the goal is to create these amazing happenings and experiences where there are real people having these real moments, but then at the same time, do your best to document them so those are historically shared and appreciated Boom. by people that couldn't, you know, be there in person. Love it. That's a great uh, bow to put on that chunk as we go into continuing a little bit more. That had nothing to do with that. So, and I had all these <laughs> national art festivals arranged all summer. Mm -hmm. But two years ago, I was solely dependent on events. So I was very glad that I do have the brick and mortar, at least to, you know, display and, you know, showcase yeah. stuff. And also it makes a great location for streaming events, which I feel are going to be a powerful transition into live events being able to grow again, right. because you can have anyone from an audience of zero to a couple people, yeah. just to give it a bit of an audience and a feel for the people watching. Well, still reach thing, a lot of people. And the good thing here is we're a small venue, so mm -hmm. we're all there. You're already allowed to do gatherings under 50, mm -hmm. so you know 50, 100 is the occupancy here anyway. Great. So we're more waiting for the zeitgeist of people to change mm -hmm. that want to come and participate in events because I think that's definitely has been waning, you know. For sure, and, and feeling guilty about like my other like media industry people that are more on the performance end and really uh, kneecapped by this. I'm really looking for ways to team up with people like you and people with spaces that can be used for little streaming events right. and starting to plant seeds for that to get yeah. some of those. No, out. and I think a good part of the whole lockdown is that people in creative industries that uh, work for industry, so like they are doing a creative job but they're for an industry, have been given this time to explore maybe their own creativity and mm -hmm. uh, ideas. So I think that yeah. the end goal of that, if you specifically look at music, and I was thinking like how much music's been produced, probably more than any other time in human history. Hmm. So everyone's just fucking at home with yeah. nothing to do. And if you're into doing that stuff, like the number of designs that I pumped out was way more because hmm. not only is it inspirational time, it's like, 
got time on my hands, I've got nothing else to do. So I think that that is, we're going to see an uptick from that culturally, um, that people don't like to try and quantify cultural production. Mm-hmm. They only think in terms of stock market or polls or whatever. Which but, is another shame because yeah. it really enriches like a people and how well yeah. they can do everything. Yeah. And there's more to life than the money number. Uh, well, yeah. but I've seen both sides of it. I've seen people in industry that have been given this great opportunity and haven't done anything. Mm. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> it's I guess what, what point in life in your career you're at if you're like autonomous is a big thing. Takes a lot of years to be able to work for yourself and have the discipline to do that. Wow, so if you're not point, yeah. if you're not ready that mentally and you're suddenly given money and time, you're not gonna know how to use that. That's so, so I've true. again been You wouldn't know your own workflow. Uh, right, exactly. Or how to structure for. yourself or what even to wake up for, you mm-hmm. know? Um, or why if you're not getting paid. Oh you my know? god. <laughs> you're, giving, you're giving me flashbacks. That's why I'm like tripping. Like, oh yeah. my god. Whereas when you work for yourself, yeah. all those things are already answered. For sure. And for me, really, the work never stopped. But as mm-hmm. soon as we locked down, I went and painted 12 murals in two weeks, you know. So that was very much to stay sane from mm-hmm. my point of view. But it was still more relaxing than it would have been if you know, real life. I see another lesson in that too, in the keeping doing it. Cause there's people that are shutting down and the kind of person that when things get weird and get hard, just keeps doing what makes them right. them as their thing to do. Yeah. There's something admirable to that. And that goes places. Yeah. And you never get the opportunity to fucking mm. practice or like, okay, well, and especially with every, all the bills and stuff being frozen, it's like, well, that I don't really, yeah. really have overheads. Not that a lot of them did, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There was a system. Well, do you feel like there's any uh, cap you want to put on the jar in this little discussion? Um, no, not really. Um, we're open every day, 12 to 6, and on Saturdays until 8 p.m. And this exhibition, which is called Truth to Power, will be running until Halloween. So okay. Halloween will be the closing day. Of this expedition? And then does the building close till it sets up for another one? No, we transition it. So oh, it will cool. be, be like a week of turnaround, but okay. we'll trickle it around. So we are always open every day. Just for reference, we're on Main Street and it's... Main and Charleston. Boom. Yeah. And on then the corner. The, and then the next show, which is going to run from November to the end of the year, is going to be called Gender Bias. And we're going to be exploring sort of gender issues within that show. Cool. I'd love to see your graphics on all kinds of stuff with that. <laughs> it's this is gonna be a sexy one. <laughs> okay, so uh, back to you guys in the studio. Thank you, me. So <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It keeps playing into some of my stupid notes because this is the same thing I take music notes on. Does like piece of bad blues and f it says is my musical note and so any thoughts as i'm like derailing it with my talking about my phone notes don't forget to visit recycledpropaganda.com that's 1114 south main street suite 120 las vegas nevada 89104 oh you want to throw some other um s preston esquires greg quick one don't go away you're home you're a diabetic 
You need supplies, but you don't want to visit the pharmacy. What do you do? Call U.S. Med for home delivery of your supplies. If you have diabetes and you're worried about going to a crowded pharmacy, pick up the phone in the safety and comfort of your home and let U.S. Med deliver them to you with free shipping. And now if you test your blood sugar four more times a day and inject insulin three or more times a day, you may qualify to get a new continuous glucose monitor at little or no cost, which may eliminate the pain of pricking your fingers and helps you make smarter diabetes decisions. Plus, we'll send you a 90-day supply and bill your insurance company for you. Get some peace of mind. Call U.S. Med today. 800-451-4785. 800-451-4785. That's 800-451-4785. Be sure to get your mix of music, listen to us with the RadioVegas.rocks app available at the App Store, and check out our VIP card, interact with us in our chat room, and scheduling of our RadioVegas.rocks shows, plus podcasts. It's all available on RadioVegas.rocks app. And we're back. You're listening to Greasy Conversation, a very special Pandy episode going out to you all pandying up, and going out especially to... All of the people involved in live entertainment, this city has been gradienting towards good, honest live entertainment from the gambling for a while. And now this is hugely in the way. And it's not just the famous names on the billboard you might consider uh, good to go, but it's their whole staff. Each of these employees, camera people, concierges, all these people that are like, Uh, vulnerable in their employment and already barely getting by so much of that middle class we're crying over that's like our peers here in entertainment and our family so we just really want to uh, send our like hope and love to you and hope that what we're doing here can help hype that stuff that gets you paid again so you can keep working in entertainment where you belong on that note, I'm like hanging from this mic stand. This is so fun. I can swing around from this. It's like a gym, yeah. huh? Yeah, so let's get you into RadioVegas.rocks. Uh, we want to amplify your voice here and help all y'all get back to work and entertainment um, in ways that I haven't figured out beyond just uh, morning yet and stuff. Let me know. It's a hang in there. We're thinking of you. Yeah. So uh, what, what can we do in this last, like, five, six minutes to kind of tie a bow on things? Or there's other cool news that we didn't mention that you can also check out on greasyconversation.com. We've got links to all this. Um, it turns out humans may have cooked food before fire. And guess where? Do you have any guesses? 5G. I know. I know <laughs> early I 5G. You Venus, know. Venus. Venus. Venus is doing it. They held yeah. it up for Venus. Yeah, the cavemen would send rockets to Venus to they, cook the food. They did those solar ovens, yeah. right? Solar, if it was solar ovens and they had like reflective <laughs> stuff before fire to cook food, that would have boggled my mind. But it turns out humans might have cooked food in hot springs. Oh. Yep. Uh, there's evidence of cooked food in humans' uh, guts before fire. This motherfucker's boiling hot dogs. Which really strengthens the idea. <laughs> I love that joke about it. Like the idea that we might have gotten extra like brain nutrition from cooking food to be able to get stuff done special. Like we are the cooking animal. But there's other things we did as far as planning for the future and growing more malleable brains and longer gestation periods that sets us apart. We did a lot of power moves that the other monkeys and birds uh, slept on. 
So. Ah! <laughs> Wait, one more. One more. Ah! <laughs> We're just going to keep doing that. Ah! We got five minutes of this, right? Wait. Ah! One, one more really low one. I wonder... <laughs> there we go. Now I'm satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> that's how Angry we set it up. 2020. <laughs> we there we go. Get it offensive until everyone leaves. That's right, how we yeah. tie the button on it. Put your um, headphones you on. You guys we'll can leave again. now. Oh, let's really quick show them the real Akira bike. Yeah, that's what, what I wanted to get to. Nice. So this uh, Russian designer, it doesn't, I mean, it looks kind of like similar. It looks more like a Tron. Like a the Tron, Tron bike. like a light bike. Like yeah, it looks cycle. more like a light, light bike. Holy crap. That this is, is a light one. cycle. It needs to be yellow pinstripes or something. I saved my reaction to this one to react with you guys. And my reaction is strong. So if anyone's <laughs> not familiar, Akira is a, was an anime made in like 1998. It's pretty crazy. And also, it's getting an IMAX release on the 24th. No way. Of September. So like next Thursday. I think next Thursday and Friday, it's an IMAX. Man. Shit's nutty. I cannot believe a motorcycle shape like this hasn't been made before. Like. Yeah. Seeing how the guts of it would go, an electric thing, I, I'm, I worry if it's a rough ride. I don't see a lot of suspension travel available there. Like, I've seen dudes make, like, custom Akira bikes that are really just, like, the shell on a regular wow. uh, motorcycle. Yeah. But not, like, functional. Not like this style. But, yeah, it's dope. I'm this just already seeing that on a trailer being towed by one of those new Tesla trucks. Yeah, I can see that. I can also see this as a marital aid. You know what I'm saying? I can see this at the love store. <laughs> <laughs> That's a vibrating egg. Has yeah. a remote control. It, <laughs> looks like, <laughs> it looks like it clamps onto the man in the boat. Damn, that's you know a fucking vibrator. Holy shit. That's a, it, it's got a <laughs> crotch bean, rocket. Right. It's got a bean grabber. Woo. So these, these bean grabbers aside, uh, well, the only other note we had is that AI that like pones it at relationships. Oh, no, it was just, like, all this uh, analysis of, like, relationship data and then, like, since COVID. And also, like, over the past, like, no, I can't remember how many years, but just, uh, it just shows, like, the decrease in almost every way to meet someone, except for online dating, which has just been, like, increased, like, <laughs> crazy. The odds are good and the goods are odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like me some odd goods, y'all. Right. Yeah. You mentioned AI and dating. I have to plug my uh, novel that's out Do it. on yes. Amazon. Yes, plugs time. I had a. I wrote a book, an AI sci-fi book. It's called oh, D. The letter D. D. Based on a true story. It's by Turbo Ted, and that's spelled T E R B O T E D. Like it's tertiary. Tertiary. That's what the word means. Turbo means tertiary, and uh, it's uh, yeah a story about an AI that attains self-awareness and it falls in love in love with a human and they build a robot to become lovers and then all kinds of crazy mayhem ensues. You can find information on that book on my website. That's t e r b o t e d dot com, turboted dot com, or you can look for D based on a true story on Amazon dot com. So yeah, that that pitch, I'm all about that. Yeah, I had to pitch something, man. Yeah, that's like a, that's a great sci-fi pitch right there, man. We, we have to get our, our nerd credibility. And up on the screen, we've got uh, my personal website, turboted.com, T-E-R-B-O-T-E-D.com, and I try to keep it current. I do have a show October 2nd at Saturation Gallery here in the Arts District downtown. That's right by Recycle Propaganda. And also uh, my rock band, uh, Olympic Gardens, playing at that art opening, OGBLV.com. Wait, say that again. OGB. LV.com. Olympic, Olympic Garden, Garden Band Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, gee. So, uh, Greg, any final nugs? What's that? Uh, we, I, we, we established our nerd credibility. Did we do that all right? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, speaking of which, I maintain the tech stuff here, woz.lol, for your tech maintenance podcast startup, up to four podcasts, greasyconversation.com. Last, you want to just end on yeah. something kind of whatever or something gruesome? The most gruesome story I found. Is it Australian? <laughs> no. Got to give me a quick gruesome. <laughs> All right. So just real quick. So this dude uh, goes home to visit his family near Chicago. So he traveled from Kentucky with a bunch of luggage and was acting very weird about the luggage the whole time he was with his family. He was very protective, wouldn't let anyone in his room or even no one could do anything about the luggage, right? And then eventually it starts kind of smelling raunchy because he had a dismembered body that he took to visit his family. Brought it with him yeah. to go visit his On family. On a fucking bus. Yeah. Whoa. And a bunch of luggage. Yeah. And then eventually he just left. After being so protective about his dismembered body that he likes to travel with, his travel body, uh, <laughs> he just left. Yeah. He just left to go do you don't something. Leave after. that lying around to keep yeah, an eye dude. on that. Like Take it seriously. He weird the whole weekend about some fucking luggage. He must have been a horrible boyfriend. Just neglecting her and stuff. And he went home to his family with this? Yep. Yeah, he visited his family. I mean, I know if I went to my mom's house, I'm 52 years old. If I went to my mom's house and I had some smelly ass crap in my luggage, I know for sure my mom would open it up to see what the hell yeah, was Yeah, they got right? those mom noses. You yeah, guys, mom nose is real. Like, it's a dead, I mean, you don't, need no, you don't need no mom nose. She smelled my fireworks in the house like way earlier in the day. Oh, it was right. only like a black cat or something. Like, shit, I blew that fire off last week. Yeah, I was Damn, like, Mom. that was such a tiny firework. You really smell that? It's amazing. Got that time travel nose. <laughs> right, and it strapped it to a toy car in the hallway. It was awesome. <laughs> Do not try this at home. Your other, your other real quick thing that was on your tongue, Greg, give it to me. Oh, no, I just found this uh, quick thing. It was six. Oh, where did I put it? Uh, I, I think we could sell Greg's browser history for like nineteen ninety five <gasps> a week. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know if you so want to do good. that. Uh, <laughs> it's probably you really don't. There's a dead body in a suitcase. Oh, no. uh, oh that's consenticles. Nineteen ninety five a week, man. Shit, you know how many like capitalism? There we go. How many like uh, searches about dead bodies around there? <laughs> Holy fuck, dude! From hegrayart.com. <gasps> oh, I love that one. Yeah. Right? <laughs> a hundred things to do with dead bodies. Dot okay. <laughs> org. Uh, working on that one. Wait, so you said six of what? No, it was eight. Eight signs that. Uh, you might be smarter than average that I found these. Uh, I'll just go through them real quick. Yeah. One, you're the oldest child. Dang, oh, that's shoot. me. I am. You took music lessons. A 2011 I study did. found that the verbal intelligence of four to six year olds rose after a month of music lessons. That was me, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, two for, I'm two, two, for, for two. two. You don't smoke. I'm um, three for three. Three for three. You're thin. Nope. <laughs> no. Left handed. <laughs> no. no. Two. You've used recreational drugs. Yes. Five, okay, I've been on the bus. Uh, this one, uh, a 2012, 2012 study found a link between high IQ in childhood and the use of illegal drugs in adulthood. This suggests a correlation between high childhood IQ and the adoption of harmful behaviors. Hell yeah. Harmful I, you know, I, I and smart. Have to say, I have to say I did visit with Timothy Leary in person a few times before he passed away. And I did get to meet uh, Ken Kesey before he passed away. Ah, I'm so mad about both of those. Is that, is that nerdy? That's amazing. That's awesome. yeah, yeah, San Francisco. That's like you did the cool San Francisco stuff that you could have done. That's that. from from. Killer. Like you nope. took advantage. I'm happy to be here in Las Vegas. Ah, oh, good. We're happy to have you. We're ca- get get out of here, California. Come on over. I but, mean, but, but, get but, out of but, there and come here. But 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 be Nevadans when you get here. That's right. Yeah, commit. <laughs> oh, uh, any more? Is that all those? Uh, last. You two. have a cat. Yeah. Ah! You have a cat temporarily. No, my girlfriend and does. Y- you're tall. I share I'm a tall. cat. 
So what's that? So oh, like, I got that tall. Ooh, sorry. There's some smart shorties. That one's messed up. Yeah, I think a lot. I mean, I love it's a bong for the recreational drugs. Hell yeah. I got more than half. Is that right? Oh, yeah. We yeah. both won. We're winners. All right. Yeah. And on that note, hey. Wait, it's supposed to be this one. Ah, that's right. Isn't it soothing? Doesn't it feel like we're... I feel like a few times, like, more recently, it's been a mix-up on the outgoing, outgoes and I know. Is that my the Akira bike sound effect? <laughs> yeah, the background. That sound. My outgoing music game week, you guys. It's because I need more support. It's because I need you guys to tell your friends and family to check out Greasy Conversation. Tell yeah, tell your pets. Uh, tell your grandparents. Stick around for more Radio Vegas.rocks because we got the Groat Hour. Kevin Fawcett's got... Uh, the grungy faucet right after this for all your sweet deep 90s tracks 90s kids stick around radiovegas.rocks to keep listening and we're going away